Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. There's got to be some kind of special anointing during Feast of Tabernacles Week, amen, on a Wednesday. You know, I know you guys are preparing your special offering or already given online, and let's just believe that we are sowing into fertile ground in Paris. God's going to make a huge difference. This is the gospel going to the front lines, amen, right in Paris, the heart, the heart of Europe, strategic right there, so make sure and prepare that. Give it tonight before you leave or online this week during the Feast of tabernacles, but I've got a word for you tonight. God's been just stirring my spirit. I don't know if it's some kind of feast of tabernacles anointing. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited to preach to you. So I I preached a few weeks ago on the the anointing for your assignment, talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I kind of want to continue in that, talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And during that message, I just want to encourage you guys, remind you guys. G- Jesus said this. He said, if, if a father gives good gifts to his children, how much more will my heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? And I was just praying that week. I was just saying, you know, all you have to do is ask. And just simply say this, fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Just make that your daily prayer. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. All you have to do is ask. And I want to talk to you a little bit more tonight about the the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, the Bible says, while it was still dark, he got up early and he went and prayed. Another place it says he went up on a mountain. He went to a solitary place where there he prayed. Jesus sought his father in prayer, didn't he? And I believe that as he sought his father, it, it brought an anointing on his life. As he sought his father in prayer, I believe it, it brought an anointing. And when he came back to the people, I, I think he was anointed. You know, when Moses uh, was there on the mountain, he had to hide himself in the cleft of a rock. And when he came out, his face was shining, wasn't it? You know what I believe? I believe that was an anointing that came from his time with God. And so when we spend time with the father, when we spend time seeking God, there's an anointing that comes on our life. I remember reading there in Acts when, when Stephen preached and, and it says he, he saw into heaven and he says he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father and it, it says that, you know, they stoned Stephen and it said his face was shining. I, I believe that, that was an anointing that came on Stephen's life from seeking God. And I wanna talk to you here for the next few minutes on the anointing that comes from seeking God. I believe there's a special anointing that we can get when we seek God in prayer. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. You know, there's a scripture in Daniel. And it says, Daniel was promoted because an excellent spirit was in him. Man, I, I just kept thinking about that scripture today. Daniel was promoted because an excellent spirit was in him. And we know the story of Daniel. He fasted, of course we do the Daniel fast. The Bible also says he prayed three times a day and he says he prayed on his knees three times a day and gave praise and thanksgiving to God. You know what I think was happening? Daniel led a sanctified life. He didn't bow. He he sought God with prayer and fasting three times a day. He was seeking God, he was praising God. And I believe there was an anointing that was on Daniel's life. 
The scripture says Daniel was promoted because an excellent spirit was in him. Do you think that could be the anointing of God that was on Daniel's life because he was seeking God? In Acts chapter four, there's a story here in the Bible. I love this story. Peter and John are walking and they see a lame man. And I love how I love the boldness of them. They say, they're just walking by, they see this lame man. And in fact, when I got to go to uh, Israel a few years ago and we, I saw this Solomon porch, this exact place where this story happened, where pastor is now. And they saw this man laying there and, 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 he, and they said, look at us. Can you, can you, see, can you see them walking by? The, and Peter just says, look at us. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says they grabbed him, they picked him up on his feet, rise and walk. And the scripture says he was healed and he was leaping and jumping and praising God. And in my Bible I wrote, I bet he was. And so it goes on and then they begin to preach and there's this boldness and they're preaching. And I read in the Bible today, 5,000 men were saved. Wow, that's a lot of people, isn't it? Five, I don't know how many counting the women, children, everybody was saved. It says 5,000 were saved. And then, and you can imagine what was going on. This was an incredible event. And so they arrest Peter and John. And then it says this, I'm in uh, verse five. I think we have this on the screen. It says, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem, right where Pastor Stovall is this week. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter, the scripture says, filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Now picture this. This is Peter and John, fishermen. They're, they're, they're standing here or sitting here. There's this council of priests. Gamaliel was probably there. It says Annas, Annas the high priest was there. All of these priests and rulers of elder of Israel, they're sitting there, these learned, scholarly, religious priests. They're all sitting there, these, these two fishermen. And they say this, and can you, can you get the picture of what this looked like? And here they are before him, and they say this, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, the scripture says they were, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, God raised him from the dead. By him, this man stands here before you whole, speaking of the man that, they, that was healed. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. They're, they're quoting prophecy now. The wisdom of God, they're, they're just uneducated fishermen, but now they're quoting the prophecy, they're quoting their scriptures, full of the Holy Spirit. He says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 
Muhammad isn't gonna save us. Buddha's not gonna save us. There's no, there's salvation in no other. There's no other name, they're saying. It's only through Jesus. Verse 13 is what I wanted to get to. They said this, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these fishermen that had had this experience, it says they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, untrained in, in, in the ways of a priest and uneducated and and, and, and all of this, you know, all of the laws and all of these things, it says they marveled. One translation says these ordinary men, they realized they had been with Jesus. I think there's an anointing that comes from seeking Jesus. I think that there's an anointing that comes on our life when we've been with him. These, they said they marveled. These men had been with Jesus. Where did their power come from? They were with Jesus. Where did their wisdom come from? They were with Jesus. How could they expound these scriptures? They were with Jesus. It says they were marveled, they were wondered, they were shocked. How can these men have these answers? How can they have this boldness and this power? Because they had been with Jesus. I wanna to talk to you about the anointing that comes from seeking God. Let's say a prayer together. Father, we thank you for the word. God, our prayer tonight is that we would leave change. God, inspire us tonight to seek your face and have a, a desire to be with you, Jesus, and to seek an anointing that only comes from time with you. In your name we pray, amen, amen. So these disciples, they're in front of these high-level priests and Jewish leaders, all of the years of training and scholarship, but the scripture says they realized they had been with Jesus, they marveled at their power. How, where, did the, where did this come from? It came from sitting at the feet of Jesus. It came from walking with Jesus. Their anointing, their power, their faith, it came from the time they spent with Jesus. We receive an anointing when we spend time with the anointed one. We receive an anointing when we spend time with the anointed one. The scripture says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When you're born again and God's spirit comes to reside inside you, you have a body, a soul, and a spirit, a spirit man. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This is a revelation that you have to get. We call it it's your spirit man. You've gotta have a revelation of your spirit man. The scripture says he who is joined to the Lord it's one spirit with him. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We still look the same don't we? When we look in the mirror, it's the same, right? But our spirit has become new. We have a spirit man. He has joined the Lord. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The scripture says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of Christ in him. That's our spirit man. And that you put on the new man 
who was created according to true righteousness and true holiness. That's your spirit, man. To them, God wills to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Philemon 1.6 says this, that the communication, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. First Peter, Second Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says this, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. 1 John 2.20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. 1 John 2.27 says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. But if the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, you need not that any man teach you. So you have a spirit man. You have an anointing on the inside of you. You are, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You have a treasure in earthen vessels. You're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. Your spirit is perfect. That reside, he resides inside you. That's a revelation that you can get, isn't it? You have the seed of God. You have the spirit of God inside you. Your spirit, man, it doesn't improve. It's, he's holy, it's that, that dwells inside a believer. But I believe that as we seek after God and we can go after him and we can seek the Lord, I believe that another level, another anointing can come on our life for what he's called us to do. Do you believe that? I believe when we spend time with the anointed one, we receive an anointing, a different level, another, a, another level of anointing another measure of anointing, another, another level to do what he's called us to do when we seek his face, when we spend time with him. You know, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Did you know that? A lot of people believe it's Jesus Christ, his surname is Christ. You know, Christ means the anointed one. That's what Christ means. And, and so he's the anointed one. It comes from the Greek word Christos. It means the anointed one. And so to me, the anointing, you know, it means in the Bible, it means to rub, to smear oil on. It's always a type of the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, oil. And so the anointing, to me, it's the divine enablement to do what he's called us to do. It's God moving through us. It's a special empowerment. It's a grace. It's, it's just an empowerment of God's spirit on our lives to do what he's called us to do. I believe it's a supernatural touch. I believe it's a, there's a freshness, there's a life on, on an anointing. And you know it when you, when you hear an anointed song, when you hear an anointed singer, you can sense the anointing of God on it. When you hear anointed preaching, you sense it. When you're in an atmosphere where his anointing is present, you know it. That's the anointing of God. That's the life of God, the anointing. And we all have different gifts and talents. No, not everyone's gonna be a singer or a preacher or whatever, but God can anoint us to do what he's called us to do. 
And we're all mobilized, we're all commissioned into his kingdom to make a difference. And I wanna give you some principles of the anointing. Psalm 92.10 says this. David wrote this psalm. He says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. Man, that's my prayer tonight. I want an anointing of fresh oil. And you guys, I often think of David. You guys know the story in 1 Samuel 16 where they're looking for a, a, a replacement. They're looking for a king here. And they look for, they, they get Jesse's seven sons and all the seven sons walk by. And the, uh, the prophet Samuel says, is there someone else? You know, and he says, yeah, there's one more, but he's out in the field. And he says, go, go get him. And they, they bring David and, and, and you know, they, they bring first one of the other sons walk by, Eliab, and the Bible said he's, he's strong, he's tall, he's strong in, ta- in stature, but he, the, Samuel said that that's not him, that's not the one. Is there anybody else? They, they bring David out, and they said, do not look, at, Samuel says this, don't look at his outward appearance because the Lord does not look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the, at the heart. And he, and Samuel takes the, the horn of oil, he takes this, and you know, it's, it wasn't, you know, we just anoint people with a little spot on their head or a little cross on their head. They took a giant thing of oil. I was reading in the Old Testament, they would take like five, I mean like five quarts, man, these priests would be drenched with oil. Can you imagine that they got the clothes on and they're just soaked with oil, their beard. The scripture says in Psalms, the oil runs down the beard of Aaron, down his garments like the dew of Hermon. That's the anointing. It's just, they're just covered in oil. And so can you imagine David? He's, he's just a boy. They, they come and get him and there he is. And the, the prophet pours the oil over his head and he's just drenched in oil. It's running down his, he's running down his beard. It's running all over him. And he, then he says, years later, can you, do you ever think that he thinks back about that anointing? Man, do you, do you think when he was, when the, when the Philistine army was coming and they said, there's this champion and David just remembers the oil is all over him. And he says, I'm, I've got the anointing. I'm the anointed king. It's, and I, he says this, I was anointed. David just reflecting in the psalm, he says, I was anointed with fresh oil. That's the spirit of God. And I, I, was, I was studying, I'm gonna come back to that in a minute, but let me give you three principles that come from the anointing of seeking God. The first one is seeking God brings an anointing as we cultivate intimacy with Jesus. Seeking God brings an anointing as we cultivate cultivate intimacy with Jesus. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they were just ordinary people, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. They knew him. They knew Jesus. He was their friend. And they had an intimacy with him. I think an anointing comes when we have an intimacy with Jesus, when we, do, we cultivate that. I remember as a, as a, young, as a young Christian, uh, for a while there, I, I lived in this house. I, I lived with a couple of LSU football players. I had just graduated from uh, college and I was going, it was a difficult time in my life. I was a new Christian, but I really wanted to try to follow God in the ministry. But I didn't know how to do that. I, we actually, I didn't, we, there's no Christians in our family. We didn't know how to do it. We were pretty much lost, you know, trying to do the best we can to follow God in the ministry. 
And, and you know, I felt like God had called me to be a preacher, but I didn't know what that meant. All I, so I just said, I'm just gonna start praying and reading the Bible. That's what I started doing a lot. <laughs> and that's what I did. And I had, uh, I lived in this house and I had, I went and got a bunch of cinder blocks and some, some boards from Home Depot and I made a, a, uh, some shelves and I started my library and I said, I'm just gonna start acting like a pastor. And I went and got a bunch of books and I started, I just went to the Christian bookstore all the time and I just started devouring Christian books and I started in my library. And on the other side of my room, I had a giant closet. And I remember I would just, I would get out of bed a lot of mornings. You know, I was working all kind of odd jobs. I ended up doing shift work down on the river in Louisiana on the night shift at a, at a chemical plant, you know, and, and but I, you know, even, even when I was on my shift work, I would carry scriptures in my pocket and I would, I would you know, in the middle of the night, I'd pull them out and, and pray and read over my scriptures. But in the mornings, many times I would just get up and I would just crawl into this giant closet and I would just shut the door and I had a little cassette player in there and a cassette I had made of some guys from our church that sang. You know, a, a guy who sang and played guitar. I love that kind of music, you know, and I just, I would listen to that whole, because I would just lay in there on my stomach in the dark and I would pray and I would listen to that and worship and I would just, I would seek the Lord. And I, I'm telling you guys, that was a long time ago. I mean, that, that was to over 25 years ago, but you know what? I really believe I got marked in that closet. I'm, I'm telling you, when I think back on those times, I think it was painful because in many ways it was. And I think a lot of things were breaking off my life that needed to be broken off. But I also remember a sweetness of laying in that closet and, and, and seeking God and praying to Jesus and learning what it mean, means to cultivate an intimacy with him, to know him. And here, here's what I learned from that time. No one can take that away from me. That has nothing to do with a job, has nothing to do with the ministry. That's Jesus. I really believe I got marked in that clause. And I often think about that time. Sometimes I think, man, I need to get back to that. Amen. I need to get back to that in my life. You know? And, and so I was thinking of this story of David's anointing. The scripture says he was anointed in the midst of his brothers. I think people can sense, they can see an anointing on your life that comes from seeking God. Daniel was promoted because an excellent spirit was in him. I think that was the anointing. I think people notice there's something about you. You know, the anointing oil had a fragrance. I think people see, I think people can sense something different about your life. He was anointed in the midst of his brothers. They saw the anointing of God on his life. And the scripture says, the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. His, the anointing was on his life now. The anointing was on him. And Saul was distressed and he was stressed out because he wasn't God's anointed king anymore. And he was operating in the flesh. And he was tall, the scripture says, and handsome, but he was a king that the people wanted. He wasn't God's anointed. And he was striving in the flesh and the scripture says, we can find a solution for you, king. We need to find somebody to play the harp for you. And, and so, <laughs> I like the King James Version. He says, bring me a minstrel. And so they go and they find a guy who plays, said, there's this guy and he plays the harp. He's a mighty man of valor. He's even handsome. This kid we've heard about. 
you know? And, and so they go and get him, and the scripture says when he takes the harp in his hand and he plays, Saul was refreshed. And a distressing spirit left him. That's the anointing of God. A refreshment comes, and a distressing spirit leaves. And the scripture says he came to Saul. The scripture says he came to Saul and he became, he, he became his armor bearer and loved him greatly. You know, what I, you know, I read that this, this afternoon and I said, I think he, was, he knew he was anointed and the anointing of God brought a security in his life. And he could come and serve this, this king and become his armor bearer and love him and serve him because he knew he was, he knew he had the anointing of God on his life. That's what the anointing does. And so David was anointed. There's, a, there's something that comes. Where did David get this anointing from? Where did he cultivate this? He got it from when he was out in the fields with his heart ministering to the Lord. It didn't have anything to do with the king's palace, but he had that harp out in that field and he would play it and I believe he would sing psalms unto God. And he was cultivating an intimacy with the Lord out there by himself and he, I believe that's where he developed that heart, a, a man after God's own heart, right there. You wanna know where that comes from? It comes from right there. Where David out there by himself, ministering to the Lord, singing songs unto God out there. That's where that intimacy, that's where that anointing was cultivated in his life. That's where he got the heart to write Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's, there it is right there. He knew the Lord is a shepherd out there by himself. It wasn't about anyone else. It wasn't about a position. It was about him and God. That's where the anointing is developed between you and God. It's not about a position. It's not about needing anything from God. It's not about needing anything from him. It's about being with him. Being with him. You, should, you know, I think about that closet you know, I just wanted to be in there because it was dark and quiet, you know? That was why I picked the closet. It could have been anywhere, but I, I think about being in there and sometimes I just think about, I miss him being in there. I, want, I, I miss that intimacy. I miss that time. I just think of, it was just us. That's, that's, that's where the anointing comes from, through that intimacy. I think of some of our young leaders in our church, some of these young guys, I think of, I, was, I was praying over this message. You know, an intimacy develops in your life. A depth gets developed in your life from seeking God. Uh, one of our worship leaders, one of our pastors, in fact, our city pastor here, Pastor Matt, is his wife, Carla. You know, Matt grew up in church in Louisiana. He, Matt's gifted, he knows how to do everything, but uh, you got to see him on the keyboards. Come on, let's put our hands together for Pastor Matt. He's... Him and Carl, amazing leaders. But I was thinking about this. Matt's, to me, Matt's like a young David. You know, I, I tell you what, Matt did not get anointed on this platform. He didn't get anointed at the other building's platform. You know where his anointing developed? When he was a kid and he was playing piano in his dad's house who's a pastor, probably for a handful of church people on that piano, just like David, out in the field, that's where Matt developed his anointing. And now there's thousands of people. I mean, he has a song. He was on, he was even on TV 
he, he was at a golf, I saw him on some golf TV. He did a commercial, I remember that. He was in Nashville getting some award sometimes, got this song played everywhere. It's a, one of my favorite songs ever. But that, that anointing didn't come from this. That anointing came when he was a kid, man. And it wasn't, he would have never dreamed coming from Louisiana. <laughs> Is that the truth? That's the anointing of God. The scripture says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. Amen. One of the challenges is as our competence grows and our gifting grows, we have a tendency for our dependence and our intimacy to decrease. As our competence and our gift increases, we have a tendency to lean on that which is the arm of the flesh, and our intimacy and dependence can decrease. And so we have to continually seek and develop that intimacy in our life. And so we minister out of intimacy and not just knowledge. We minister out of uh, that intimacy. That's how we minister. We don't minister out of head knowledge. The scripture says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And so we minister out of that intimacy. We never want to lose that intimacy with the Lord, cultivating that intimacy, that anointing that comes from seeking God. No one can do it for us. We got to seek God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You have to seek the Lord if you want this in your life. I was reading the story of David and the scripture says, Saul put his armor on David. And it says, he, David couldn't walk in it. It was, a, it was a bronze helmet and a coat of mail, but the scripture says David couldn't walk in it because he hadn't tested it. And so that wasn't David's anointing. David's anointing was, that was David operating in the flesh. He said, give me that shepherd's bag. Give me the five smooth stones. That's my anointing. That's what I've learned. That's what I've developed in my life. That's my anointing. And so that was David's armor, was his slingshot. His anointing was his armor. He had to operate in his anointing. And then he, he tells Saul, he says, listen, is there not a cause? I'm going after this Philistine. The scripture says, David ran towards the Philistines. The scripture says this, David said, I killed a lion and I killed a bear. And I've heard that story so long in church. Oh, David killed a lion, he killed a bear. So I reread that story, now listen. Have you seen a lion? <laughs> Have you seen a bear? And the scripture, it says this. He says, David says, now I'm gonna give David the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't bragging. And he wasn't embellishing and, and talking smack to Saul. Because he says, I killed a lion and a bear. I grabbed it by the beard and struck it. Wow. <laughs> Man. I was, I mean, I was in Africa this summer and we were up close with some giant lions. Those things are terrifying. Listen, if David grabbed a lion by the beard and struck it, that was God's anointing. Can I have an amen? If he grabbed a bear and struck, that's the anointing of God. That's incredible. And so D David carried this anointing. 
And so have you ever thought about this? Salt resented David, you know, they, they dance and they sing, David's killed his thousands. Yeah, you know, Saul's killed his thousands. David killed his 10,000. They saw, and, and the scripture says, David, he eyed him from that day forward. He didn't like that. He was jealous. He resented it. And he tried to kill David. And, and if you add up all the time, he tried to kill him. He tried to kill him like 12 times, different times he tried to kill David, but he couldn't kill him. That's God's anointing. And then, so Saul couldn't kill David. He missed him with a spear at least twice. All of his times to kill him didn't happen. And then David, in the power of the anointing, killed a giant, a nine-foot giant in the forehead with a slingshot and a one stone. That's the power of the anointing. Think of the difference. That's the mark of the anointing, man. God, he anointed that rock to kill David's enemy. And so the anointing hits the mark in prayer. Have you prayed for something and you just felt, you said, man, you just felt you hit the mark at prayer. I believe that's the anointing. That's the anointing that comes from seeking. You are praying the mind of Christ. You're praying. Sin means to miss the mark. And when we willfully sin, when we choose a rebellion against God, it affects our anointing. It'll affect our, our intimacy, our fellowship with God loves us. And, but what it, it, it affects our intimacy. It affects our fellowship with him. And that's why we have to be quick to repent. But the, spirit, the scripture says this, do not grieve the spirit of God by whom you were sealed until the day of redemption. I mean, that's a good scripture. It's right out of the Bible that we need to hear. Can I have an amen? amen. Do not grieve the spirit of God by whom you were sealed until the day of redemption. So from that scripture, we can learn this. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. And it says, don't do that. Don't grieve him. And so if we want to carry his anointing, we have to be careful to not grieve the spirit of God. But we, we can do things to draw the spirit, of draw unto God and he will draw near to you, the Bible says. And so the anointing is attracted to purity, to holiness, to sanctify, to, to a set-apart life. That's what attracts the anointing of God. That's what attracts the Holy Spirit is a set-apart life. I'm just preaching the Bible. That's what he teaches us. If we want an anointing, we have to make the right choices. We can't play games with God. I, it, listen, we can't have that intimacy and that seeking after God if we compromise our life. If we want the anointing that comes from seeking God, we have to give it everything. We can't play games. It can't be a halfway thing. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot with God. Inspect his anointing. Inspect the intimacy to be there. Why? Because our conscience will condemn us. Our heart will condemn us. We've got to keep short accounts with God. We're going to make mistakes, but we've got to keep short accounts. That's a man after God's own heart. That's a woman after God's own heart. That's the last couple here. Seeking God during times of adversity or suffering brings an anointing as we press into him through our pain. Seeking God during times of adversity or suffering brings an anointing as we press into him through our pain. Job said this, I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. That means Job had heard about God. He'd, he'd, 
this is to me, this is what that scripture says. You've heard the sermons, you've read the books, you've listened to the songs, but now it's time for real life. Is it gonna come outside the pulpit and outside the walls of the church into our life? I've heard about all this Christianity, but now I know you. Now it's real life. I've met you. This is real. I need you. you we never know that he's all we, we need until he's all we have. Then you find that real life hits you and you realize, okay, he's all I have. Is Jesus enough? You say, well, Jesus is enough, but sometimes you find out, is he really enough or do you just sing that song? You have to look in the mirror and you, you only you know if he's enough for us. And so I, I can think of times in my life where, you know, I've been hurt by someone, you know, close to me and I had to seek God to forgive. Many of you have been there and I have to seek God to choose to forgive, right? And it's difficult and I didn't want to do it, but I, can, I did it because I, I have to. I'm commanded to do it. It's the right thing to do. And so you choose to forgive. And as you go through that process of choosing to forgive and getting healed of the pain, I believe there's an anointing that comes on your life. And now you can minister forgiveness to others. You know that when you choose to forgive, that God comes in and brings healing to your soul and healing to your heart. I believe that's, a, that's an anointing that comes if you seek him through the pain and do it the right way. I believe you gain an anointing. I remember, I remember probably 25 years ago listening to a Joyce Meyer tape in my car called Trophies of Grace. Has anybody ever heard that? Oh my Lord. Do you know her ministry, I heard that her ministry can reach almost 2 billion potential people through the media ministry. If you, I was weeping in my car. If you listen to that, testimony of her background, you'll realize why she has such an anointing on her life. It's horrific, but she sought, she sought God and got healed. And that's why the scriptures come to life. That's why she carries an anointing to preach God's word. Christine Kane, a friend of ours, you want to know why she, she's not just a great preacher and communicator. She's worked through God, worked through pain in her life. She sought God for healing and it developed an anointing on her life. She didn't have to respond that way, but she did. And it brought an anointing on her life and God's raised her up to the nations to minister. T.D. Jakes, what a preacher. But if you hear him preach about preaching in West Virginia and taking up an offering so his family can eat, you see that he carries an anointing on his life because he paid the price of going through the pain for the anointing from seeking God. Years ago, in fact, when we built this arena, it was the groundbreaking. I remember being out here with the shovel. We were all out there and I had developed a headache that would not go away. And so I went, I, nothing would make it go away. I don't know if anybody, any of you have ever, this wasn't just a headache. This was a headache I had for several months 
24-7. If anybody's ever had that, it's horrible, right? So I had this headache. It would not go away. I tried different pills. I tried everything. I would just come home from work and put an ice pack on my head and lay on the couch trying to wake up. But then I started getting anxiety because I knew I'd wake up with a headache because it would not go away. I started laying hands on my head, just praying on my own head, <laughs> anointing my own head with oil, trying to get healed from it. I went to Mayo and the neurologist, the neuro, neurologist says this, Chris, you, what you have is called everyday headache syndrome. I said, really? Wow. Man, thanks for telling me that. I have everyday headache syndrome. I knew that. So there, I said, there's such a thing as that. So there was nothing, there was nothing that anyone could do. I was, I was left to me and God. And I, I just prayed and, and thank God it eventually just went away. And many, many days after that, I would just wake up and be like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that I don't have a headache today. Anybody, has everybody ever want, went through something like that? You're thankful. Just thankful I feel good today. But I can tell you, walking through those months with that headache, I sought God, and I believe that I got an anointing and empathy for people who have chronic pain. Now, my pain wasn't near as bad as many people who suffer from chronic pain, but I can tell you what, I know what it's like to feel like this is never gonna end. <laughs> Am I gonna have a headache the rest of my life? Yeah, you know? And so I'm telling you, it, when you seek God through these times, it brings an anointing. The last thing, the last principle I wanna bring you is that action releases the anointing that we carry. I'm telling you guys, last December, of, of 17, I felt this word of action releasing the anointing. And I just carried it the whole year. And we got into this mobilization, commissioning, which is what? It's action. And I just wanna encourage you guys, if you feel like you're supposed to make the call, make it. If you feel like you're supposed to say the prayer, pray it. If you feel like you're supposed to go in your son's room or your daughter's room and say the prayer or say the encouragement, do it. Encourage the person at work. Invite the person to church. Call the family member that you haven't. Action, so we, we carry this anointing, right? It's inside of us. We know that. We gain an anointing from seeking God, but action releases the anointing. I'm telling you, I believe that's a word for us. I believe it's a word. I believe that if you go out of here and you say this, anoint me with fresh oil, and you seek the Lord, I believe you'll carry an anointing. And then if you make that decision to, to act on it, just do it, man. Just act on that anointing. Just act on that thought. You say, I don't know if that's God. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But you'll never know until you do it, until you sow the seed. I think about this. I think I'm supposed to share this as we close. The band's up. Come on, it's young David's up here. He's bringing the anointing. So, man, I, don't, I didn't see Mike Travis. Is that Heath over there? I'm, I can't see. But, uh, Mike Travis is one of our security guys, and I don't see him. I see him on Sunday mornings. This is, I just want to share this. This is how this can work. Okay? I remember it had to be 18 years ago, if not 19 years ago. We were a lot younger. I had hair back then. I'm telling you, Mike looked different too, okay? 
And so we were in the, in the school down the street, JC is, and I was up at the altar praying for people. Here comes Mike, one of the first times he had visited our church. He comes up to the altar, and when he was walking up, I felt like the Lord say, ask him if he's saved. And so I said, he came up to the altar, and I don't always do that. I said, Mike, are you saved? And he said, no. And I led him to the Lord. That was right, right there at the altar. Then him and his wife, Amanda, came back to the office and I talked to them about Jesus and did their wedding ceremony. They had a couple of kids, her daughter's in our college. Come on, put, her, put your hands together for that. That's amazing to me. Her daughter's in our college. And oftentimes when I come to church, I'll see Mike serving out there. He's a little bowed up guy with a big beard. I, I, see, him, I see him in there and I always think, what if I didn't ask him if he was saved? I wanna encourage you guys, action releases the anointing. And I wanna encourage you guys, seek the Lord for, to be with him, to know him. Not, for, not even because you need anything. Just get to, I just wanna know him, I just wanna love him, I just wanna know him, I wanna be with him. Develop, in, that, cultivate that intimacy with God and I believe you'll carry an anointing from it. I believe you'll be like Daniel. I believe you'll be like Stephen. You'll be like Moses. Your face will be shining. There'll be something different about your life. Come on, stand up. Let's all stand together. I wanna pray for us. Here's what I wanna pray for. I wanna pray this prayer that David, David said in Psalm 92, he says, I was anointed with fresh oil. I just sense sometimes we can go through the motions in church. We're tired, we're, we're working hard, we're taking care of kids and we go through the motion. But I, here's what I found out. When, when God's anointing is there, there's a freshness. There's an edge that comes. There, there's a fire that comes in our life. And as I just wanna pray that God would anoint us with fresh oil. I believe it's the same Holy Spirit. David prayed, I was anointed with fresh oil just a freshness on your life. The scripture says, he will renew your youth like the eagles. Man, he, he, he'll bring renewal. It says, he will crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Do you know what that means? That mean, a crown represents authority. He will crown you with his authority to have tender mercies and loving kindness towards people. But you'll carry an authority because of the anointing. He will restore your life, the Bible says. He's, he's the healer. He's the restorer. He's, he, he renews our life like the eagles. You know, e eagles are amazing. They grow new feathers every year. They have a seven foot wingspan. Their eyes never dim. They're amazing creatures. And God says, I'll renew your youth like the eagles. Come on, let's pray together. Come on, let's just lift your hands up all over this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask you right now, just pray this after me. Jesus, give me a fresh anointing. Now just wait right there. I just believe you're gonna sense the Holy Spirit in your, in your soul, in your heart. He's gonna come on you right now. Some of you are gonna feel him. God, we need a fresh touch. We need a fresh anointing, God. We need you today, God. We need you today more than we ever have before. God, we are not gonna look backwards. We're looking forward. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God, I just pray right now for your anointing to come. 
right now for your anointing. Some people are thinking about some action they need to do, someone they need to call, some encouragement they need to make tonight, tomorrow, this week. I pray that you'll, that'll come to mind and I pray that the enemy won't stop it, but they'll, that act, they'll take action to release the anointing of God in that situation. They'll step out in boldness. I thank you for that. Right now, the anointing is, he's, the anointing is here. Jesus is here. And I just want to pray one other thing. I just want to pray that for some of us, we, we've sought God in the past, but, but we've grown tired. We've been disappointed maybe. Some of us have gotten lazy. Some of us have never sought the Lord like we need to. And I just want to lead us in a prayer that anything would break off of all our lives that's keeping us from seeking God. And we would seek the face of God. We would seek that anointing. We would get with him. We'd be with him. We have to do it. Whatever's holding us, whatever, come on, let's, I'm just praying right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we break out of staleness. We break out of laziness. God, we break out of complacency right now and we stir ourselves up to seek your face, God. On the way home from church, God, we're gonna seek you in our car. God, we're gonna get up early before we go to school, before we go to work, and we're gonna seek your face, God. God, we're gonna find that secret place of prayer, a, a closet if we have to, a kitchen, some place in our house, we're gonna seek you. We're gonna go on the back porch. We're gonna seek your face, God. We're gonna seek you, God. We're, we know that we're gonna, if we seek you with all of our heart, God, we're gonna find you. And we're gonna receive an anointing. We're gonna receive a freshness, a depth in our life to, to do the assignments that you called us to do. We receive that tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for God. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.